You know, we have a lot of things in our lives. Uh, just by being alive and living, we have things in our lives. We have work. We have school. We have money issues. We have family. We have friends. Well, this evening in Judges 2 and 3, we're going to look at something that we all have in our lives that's not particularly positive, that's not what we desire to have in our lives. And that's this, we all have thorns in our lives. Somebody say amen. Okay, don't point at anybody this evening. If you sense or smell that they're a thorn in your life, But we all have thorns. In Judges chapter 2, we're going to be in the end of chapter 2 and the first six verses of chapter 3. It begins in verse 20 and 21. The Lord, therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel. Let me pause and say that is never a phrase you want God to say about you or our church, correct? Because this nation had violated the covenant that I had laid down for their forefathers They had not listened to me. I will no longer, verse 21, drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. The Jewish people, a little background, are entering in, uh, well, they're, they're in the promised land of Canaan. And Joshua, the great leader, has died. He's gone on. And in Canaan, there are bad and evil people. There are people there who are problematic, people who are very sinful. God had dealt with these people for centuries and tried to get them to repent and do what's right, and they had not. And so now the reckoning time has come for these people. And they are thorns in the sides of the Jewish people. They are people there that are not going to cooperate with them. They don't want the Jewish people there. They're not following the true God. They, they are literally an issue, a problem, a pain in the ear, the head, or wherever to these folks. They're thorns. Everybody here knows what a thorn is. A thorn is something that sticks you, that hurts you. And a thorn is not pretty, is it? it it's not a pretty thing. And in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about what? A thorn in the flesh. You remember that? And we don't know what that is specifically. Scholars have speculated, I guess, for 2,000 years now what that thorn was. I believe that God left that uh, unspecific, nonspecific, because it would apply to a lot of areas in our life. Was it an eye issue? It certainly may have been. Was it a a physical issue of some other sort? It may have been. Some scholars believe it was an ex-wife that drove him crazy. That makes for good humor, uh, especially in men's Bible studies. But I don't think that that was it. We don't know. But Paul had something that constantly gave him a problem. So do you. So do I. I think we all will this side of heaven. We have health issues. We have issues with our home. You ever notice when you get your home just like you want it, something breaks? That's a thorn, isn't it? Some of you have teachers that are thorns, correct? And I promise you, sadly, there's teachers at home going tonight, man, I've got students that are thorns, that are thorns. Some of you have bosses that are thorns, correct? Go ahead, Josh, say amen, or did you? And some of us bosses have employees who are thorns. Amen? We do. 
You, you have people, you have issues, you have challenges, you have things come up. Again, maybe it's your financial portfolio, whatever it is. We all have thorns and issues in our life. We just do. Now, here's the second thing. Some of these thorns are left in our lives to develop us. Why does God allow the thorns to remain? One reason is God leaves these thorns or allows these thorns. He doesn't remove them immediately. He's trying to develop us. Now, folks, I want you to follow me for, for a second. This passage really runs from where we're studying tonight in verse 20 in chapter 2 through chapter 3, verse 6. And it's a little bit complicated because there's, a, there's really two different angles of the thorns in these Jewish people's lives, just like there's some different angles to the thorns, the issues, the problems, the pains in your life and my life. But the first reason or the first angle to the thorns is God uses them to develop us. In verse 23, it says, The Lord had allowed these nations, those nations, to remain. He did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. Now, verse chapter 3 through verse 2 These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan, in the promised land. He did this only, now that's important, to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. Okay. God had used Joshua and the people, Jewish people, Joshua had followed God and he had used them and they had driven out a lot of the people of the promised land. They, they, did, they had to do their part. They were warriors. They had to fight. They had to do the battle. But the battle ultimately was won by God. God was the one that won the battle and made this happen. Why did God initially leave these thorns there for, for these people to have to face? Well, he tells us why. He wanted to teach them warfare because they were going to have to fight the rest of their lives and for generations to come. Now, it's easy, and we don't have enough time to get into a righteous war and, and, and how warfare plays out. But I, just in a summary, there is righteous wars. There is times when countries have to go to war. And the Jewish people, uh, at many times in the future, were going to have to go to war just to defend themselves as well as to take ground against evil people. God left a lot of these people there. So this new generation would be able to develop warriors. In the future, they were going to be dealing with the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks. They were dealing right away with the Philistines. And we know through David and Saul who the Philistines were. So God's trying to help these people in a tough way to be warriors, to be ready for the battles that they were going to face. That may seem a little strange. It may not. But, but let me tell you this. You may tonight be examining or wondering why has God allowed certain pains or problems to hang around in your life? Why has God let some person or people treat you in an ungodly way and he has not already taken them on to heaven or to the other place? Why, why is God allowing that to continue to be a sore spot in your side when the truth is you may not have done anything, and we'll look at a moment when we do do something to deserve it, but done anything to deserve it. God, one of the best teachers is pain. Wouldn't you agree with that? There's nothing that gets our attention that makes us sit up and makes us want to obey God more than suffering and pain. I have a friend, a dear friend, who 
when he went to, he's been a pastor for years. And his first church was, uh, it was a meat grinder. I mean, it was a tough little place. And, and he told me he wondered what had he done for God to send him there to punish him. You know, he, all he wanted to do was love people and, uh, and, and love Jesus. And, and he had three or four really hard years at that church where he questioned whether he should be in ministry and, and questioned whether this was a church of the Lord or a church of another Lord. Uh, and, and, but 20 years in hindsight, what he told me was, God used that experience to develop me to toughen me up, to help me be the pastor he was wanting me to be in the future. You ever thought about that, that God's using some of your thorns to make you better for a future battle? My own life, I mean, I, and all of us would have these stories, but I'll just tell you about my doctoral dissertation. If any of you have done those, any of you have this in your future, listen, pay, listen to me clearly. If you want to know what hell is like a little bit, Start doing a doctoral dissertation. And any of you who have done that know that there's truth to that because there are demonic people, even in seminaries, on those dissertation boards. Now, I'm trying being funny a little bit. But what happened, I was supposed to graduate in 1998, finish my doctor's degree. The seminary where I was attending was, is one of our Southern Baptist seminaries who, some of you older folks will, will remember, when the Southern Baptist was in great turmoil... And the seminary lost about 60 to 70% of their professors after I had started my program. And so when I begin my dissertation, that is the final big grand poobah of your doctor's degree, I got two professors on my committee who were my committee chairman and my committee person I had never met in my life. And they were zero help to me, none whatsoever. And, but I was going to graduate. I go up there to take my oral exam. Needless to say, I got back on the airplane and was told that I had failed and was going to have to redo the 200 hours plus of work I've already done. Well, after deciding not to hijack the plane and send it into the Red River in between Missouri and Texas, I just reloaded my gun and I spent the next two years trying not to, to call curses down on Kansas City, where those professors live, rewriting that thing, reworking that thing. Let me tell you what happened at the end of it. I got my degree, and I was a lot stronger, and I think smarter, more intelligent. And you're going, oh, my goodness, if you're smarter and more intelligent, you really must have been an idiot then. Probably so. But what happened is, is God used those thorns that I didn't create, that I didn't ask for, to help me be, I believe, a lot more developed person. God left those thorns in Israel's side that they didn't ask for. He left them there. His intentional purpose originally was to develop them, okay? Think about that this evening. Those thorns in your life that you hate, pray that God will remove them. Ask God to remove them. But know that God may be allowing that to develop you. Here's the third thing. This is where you need to really pay double attention. Some thorns of our, our own doing. We have created our own thorns. Would you agree with that? Now, young people, you need to listen because you, you are at a spot where you can cut down on your thorns. Some of us older people got so many thorns we can't move without getting stuck. 
because we've created our own thorns. Verse 20 and 21 again, the Lord was very angry with Israel. Literally, the Hebrew there is a picture of someone being emotionally upset. It's the picture of someone's nostrils flaring with anger. It's, it's someone whose anger is causing their face to become red and their blood pressure to rise. You see the emotional aspects of God. Because the nation had violated the covenants that he had laid down for the, his, their forefathers had not listened. God says, I will no longer drive them out before the, any of the nations Joshua left when he died. Listen, here's the double nature of the thorns. God had left those thorns, those people, initially so they could develop, learn how to be warriors. He could develop them. And then he, God was going through those people and in their natural doing their effort, God was going to drive those people out. When they rebelled against God and they said, we are not going to follow you. We're going to intermarry with these people. We're going to worship their gods. God said, okay, you can do what you want. But I'm going to leave these thorns in your side and they're going to be there by your own due. And that's not good, is it? And it says God was emotionally upset. You want to play with thorns? God will let you. That's scary, isn't it? God leads them to develop us. Some, of th- some thorns have nothing to do with our sin, our wrong mistakes. Other thorns we have absolutely created and brought into our life. We choose wrong. We choose sin. We make dumb mistakes. We bring thorns into our lives. I mentioned several weeks ago, about back six, seven years ago, when struggling with insomnia and burnout. I want to tell you, you know whose fault that was? It was Cindy's. No, it wasn't Cindy's. It was my fault. Y'all listening? I'm trying to be funny. She, she heard it. I promise you, she heard it. It was my fault. I created my thorns. See, some of you this evening, you were mad. You're blaming other people. You're mad at God. When, when you have made sinful decisions and you got bad attitudes and, and, you, and you make wrong choices... We're funny, aren't we? We make sinful wrong choices and expect things to turn out positive and for God to bless it. Isn't that ridiculous? I'm the same way. We make sinful wrong choices and we expect it to turn out okay and for God to bless it. It doesn't work that way. You choose bad relationships, bad friends, wrong school, the wrong job. Expect thorns to develop in your garden. And here's the sad and scary thing. Sometimes these thorns stick around. Sometimes they don't leave overnight. Sometimes they don't ever leave. Because we have invited them and created an environment where they can flourish. See the different aspects here. Initially, God had left them to develop them. But when they played with the thorns and when they made sinful choices, God said, I'll just leave them and you can have them. That's what you want. But that brings us to a fourth thing, and I think this is very important too. Some of these thorns are meant to test our walk with Christ. And really, you might even say all of our thorns. The different aspects of the thorns in the story and the thorns in Ruston in 2015 are the same. Some are meant to develop us. Some are by our own doing. But certainly, certainly some or all, God is allowed to remain in your life to test your faith and your walk with Jesus. 
Verse 22, I will use these thorns to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The word test there means to try something. It means to prove it, to see if it's true. Oftentimes in the New Testament, you'll see the word test or the word tempt, and and it depends on the context to be able to determine whether it's God or the devil. The, The Bible says God never tempts us to do wrong. Any temptation to sin is from Satan, but it does say that God in the New Testament, and it says it right here, God will test us to see if we are for real. It's literally the picture of testing metal to see if it's pure or if it's strong. In verses 3 through 5 of chapter 3, the five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidians, and the Hivites living in the Lebanon mountains from Mount Baal Hermon to Lebo Hamath, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which we, he had given to their forefathers through Moses. The Israelites lived among these thorns, these Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, all these are really just groups of Canaanites, Prezites, Hivites, and Jebusites. We know the Philistines. Again, we'll see them more in the days ahead. Goliath was a, what, Philistine. Again, hard to discern sometimes in your life and my life. Did you create the thorn? Is the thorn just part of living here on this earth and this life? God's using it to, to develop you, to make you stronger and better for the future. And or is God using this problem, this pain, this pressure point in your life to test you to see if you will remain true to Jesus Christ? Listen, I believe all of us face this on a regular basis. You may get a medical report that you do not want to get. You may get a financial report. You may get a a family report. You may, things may not turn out at school or sports or in extracurricular activities how you want them to or at work. And here's what a lot of people do. They blame God. They fall out of church. And you don't see them for six months. They fall right back in with their old friends and their own ways of life. That's called failing the test. God's always, listen, isn't this cool and scary? God's always trying to take you to the next level. God's trying to take you deeper and higher at the same time. And again, the only way most of us are going to get to that point is going to have to be some pain in our lives. So here brings us to the last thing and the crucial thing question of the hour, how will we respond to our thorns? How will we respond to our thorns? In verse 6, they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. Wow. (laughs) Failed the test, didn't they? Development as warriors to some degree, not greatly, but to some degree. They took the route of ease, the route of comfort. Listen, they, they went the practical route, didn't they? Hey, it just made sense they're living amongst these people. Why not be buddies with them? Can't we all just get along? Can't you hear that being said? 
in this group of people. One Bible commentator I read this week said the Jewish people went CIA at this point. CIA, they were cohabitating, intermarrying, and they went apostate. Apostate means they, they went against God. <laughs> they went CIA. And by the way, to use the King James, God would smite them regularly in the days ahead. I want to ask you this evening, how are you going to deal with your thorns? This is not optional. Did, did you hear me? Well, I just want to have thorns. That's called heaven. How are you going to deal with your thorns? I love what Charles Spurgeon, the, the famous English preacher, said. He said, God never lets his children sin successfully. Isn't that good? <laughs> so if you want to choose the sin route of, of compromise with your thorns, compromise with the world, when it gets tough, you walk away from God, you fall out of church, you quit reading your Bible. If you're really saved, you're going to come back. But a lot of people spend their whole lives in that transition. That, it's just like this. They're walking with Jesus. Everything's great. There's pain. They go back over here. Then they realize this isn't going to work out because they really do have the Holy Spirit. So what? They come back to Jesus. But they never get past about second grade with God. Oh, they may know a lot, but not that they don't have a Christ-like walk. How are we going to do with our thorns? What a telling story of these people that God had so many great plans for, so much potential for. But let's move to you and me. Will you let God use your thorns to instruct you? Maybe that's, that, that's a great prayer. God, why, why is this person still on this planet in Ruston? Why can't you move them to Moscow tomorrow? Maybe God's trying to use them to develop you. God, why does this pain or this problem not go away? Maybe God's trying to test you to see if you'll be true to him. Will we fail the test? Will this time five years from now, ten years from now, we be less developed in our relationship with God and in our witness and our character or will we be stronger will our faith be stronger and more robust or will we be still a childish immature Christian with just more rings around the tree someone said this and this is so good thorns can make you or break you the thorn can define you or redefine you let me give you a better option let God make you let God define you. Let God redefine you. Let God use thorns. Don't let thorns rule you. Amen? Let God use the thorns to make you and define you and redefine you. Not to break you. What happened in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Paul said, God... Please get this thorn out of my life. Can you appreciate that prayer? And it said he begged him. It said three times. I don't think that meant, you know, three little God remover. I, I think that meant three passionate seasons of prayer. And God said, no, no. 
And I think the last time he said, Paul, zip your pie hole. The answer's no. Move forward. I'm going to use your thorn to make you into the man I want you to be. And Paul ends up praising God for his thorn. See, the thorn can make us. And it can redefine us in God's glory, in God's image. We have a picture of a rose bush. Do you see what's right next to the rose bush? I probably would not know that because I have never gotten roses in my life. As a man, I'm proud to say I never have. But you know what? I was, I was awesome. I got my wife roses this weekend. Wasn't that good? And if your husband didn't, ladies, you have my permission to go home and let him have it when you, you get home. My dad, my dad loved gardening and farming. In fact, he was a college administrator who was just a failed farmer. <laughs> I think he went into college administration because he couldn't make a living farming. But we would have roses. And, of course, as the kid growing up with a, per- a dad who likes to garden, that's, a, that's not a good thing. Because you have to do all the dirty work. And he would send me out to, to get roses oftentimes. And, you know, when you're a careless young person like I was who was not interested in the beauty of the rose, you were interested in getting the job done so you could go do what you wanted to, oftentimes I would be stuck by the roses. But even as a child, I remember being so impressed amongst those horrible prickly thorns was this beautiful rose. Folks, there's a lot of thorns in the world. God doesn't want you to look like a thorn. God wants you to bloom like a rose in the midst of your thorns. You know whose choice that is? It's yours. Just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. This isn't a routine. This isn't a way we just end our service. This is a sincere opportunity to make things right with God. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, when we stand, would you come tonight and let one of our ministers help you cross that line with Jesus? If you're here tonight and you would like to join our church family, we would love for you to do that. And a church family is a group that can help you blossom amongst the thorns. Come and join us tonight. Christian, maybe you want to come to the altar and pray or pray with a minister. Maybe your thorns are about to overwhelm you. Let's get on top of that this evening so we can bloom in the midst of the thorns. Let's stand as God leads you tonight. You come, respond to me.